Hey, this is Eleanor and Jesse and Saturn. And we just had the most amazing conversation with Seo Choi. She is a Korean American shaman and author, the author of Don't Be a Bitch, Be an Alpha mm. How to Unlock Your Magic, Play Big, and Change the World. Yeah, and did we get into it in our conversation? <laughs> wow, what a magic woman with so much power and healing and wisdom. It was such a gift to sit with her and to just be in her presence and to learn from her today. Be reminded of some of those core truths to trust and surrender. Mm. And just witness um, such an embodied wisdom mm. she carries with her just this knowing that feels like so secure to be around yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so we just wanted to share today a little um piece from her amazing book all right part one being an alpha being an alpha versus being a bitch 11 tenets number one An alpha knows she's powerful. A bitch pretends to know it. An alpha feels secure with her place in the world. A bitch feels insecure. An alpha doesn't gossip. A bitch loves to gossip. An alpha supports other women. A bitch stabs them in the back. An alpha will stand her own ground. A bitch hides for safety. An alpha avoids drama. A bitch thrives in drama. An alpha loves herself. A bitch loathes herself. An alpha respects the boundaries of herself and others. A bitch does not. An alpha is a leader. A bitch is just a mean girl. An alpha is generous. A bitch only takes for herself. An alpha knows the power of sisterhood. A bitch is threatened by sisterhood. That should give you a taste (laughs) of the power she holds. And more to come. Super excited for you to listen in to this episode with Seo Choi. Welcome, Seo. We're so, so excited to have you here. Um, I know me personally, I um, was so excited to to um, reach out to you. When we started this podcast, you were one of the first people that I thought of um, about reaching out to because I was thinking about people that, that I would love to learn from. Um, and, and that have impacted me and and you have impacted me from afar. Um, I may be like kind of like a silent observer, but I've been um, really impacted by your work over over the years and I've um, been using your oracle cards for well over a year. Um, yes, they're they're absolutely beautiful and and what I super appreciate is um, is you as a resource. Um, for helping me weave my 
Korean ancestry into my spiritual practice because that has been very important to me um, to, um, for a long time is to stay, keep that connection with my ancestors. And um, I've, I went to Korea in 2015 with my family and my parents are both there now in Wanju. And um, it's just been, it's been hard for me over the years to find a, um, those kinds of resources of how to weave those, those, um, those practices in, you know, what are those practices? And so I'm super excited to learn more about what you've been learning also about the rituals. Thank, and you, Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, we would just love if, if you, if you will, um, to have you introduce yourself in the way that you would like to be introduced. Hi. Okay. Hi. My name is Seo Choi. Korean name is Che Sohi. You can call me Seo, or if you want to call me by Korean name, you could call me Sohi. Um, I'm a Korean American shaman and I use the term shaman for the ease of us understanding what that is, but it's different for everyone. But I consider that to be a role of a healer and a wise woman. Um, and that because I, I call myself Korean American shaman because I use my ancestral connection and ancestral magic, but I am an American woman living in America. So, um, and I just try to weave those in um, my spirituality into my life in living in 2023 in Western world. Um, I'm also a writer and a publisher. Right now, I live in Atlanta area, suburb of Atlanta area. I would really just love to know what's really present in you right now. What are you currently working on? Oh, right now, um, gosh, um, I recently wrapped up a Kickstarter project for a book I'm publishing called Pudoji, A Tale of Divine City of Ancient Korea. So this is an ancient text that was written around year 300, 330. We don't know exactly when, um, but it was written, so what is it? Is it 1900 years ago? About the time that was 10,000 years ago. So this, this so, so text itself is ancient, but it captures the stories of more ancient time from that. Um, and this book is available in Korea very easily. Not many people know about it because I guess it's not a popular topic in Korea. They care more about BTS and K-pop, but this ancient wisdom of Korea, like they, I think they don't care because it's, it's theirs. Um, but for people like us who are diaspora and like really seeking wisdom of our ancestor, that book is available. Um, so it's a story of, um, without making it a religious text, I will compare it to kind of Old Testament of a, like where there's a collection of stories, collect, collection of stories of Korean ancestors starting from the beginning of the universe. Mm -hmm. So our own mythology of how universe came about, how humanity started, and how one tribe after that initial human human humanity um, 
and how they evolved and lived and what they believed in. So it's a really, really powerful, when uh, powerful stories that when I read it, um, just from being a Korean American person seeking these um, spiritual wisdom and, you know, different ways, um, it was really powerful for me. So mm-hmm. that book is now translated and um, being published. So the editing is complete. The designer needs to start designing. So my goal is having this book out um, available everywhere in English. Um, in I mean, I don't know. Life is fluid. But like I said, January, but I don't think so. So maybe February, March. So it is coming really soon. So I'm very excited to share it with the world. Mm, mm, I'm so excited to read it. Yeah. I'm super curious how reading that book has impacted your work. Oh, I don't. So, you know, I, you you guys read my books. I used to live a very anti woo, anti spiritual life, you know, get straight A. Uh, high overachieving, high performing, you know, whenever people talk about vibe or energy, I'll be like, whatever, they're flaky. The spiritual people are flaky. They're weird. I don't know that. I I don't know them. Um, But then you, you know, I'm 47 now, but, you know, starting when I was about 40, things started changing and my life started changing and um, spiritual awakening and all these things happen. And here I am now. Um, But for a lot of times, because I I grew up in Korea and what I consider to be traditional Korean value felt very different for me um, because as a strong-willed, uh, like a girl growing up in Korea, the traditional value or ancestral value that Korean culture really imposed felt really limiting patriarchy. Girls should be kept small and quiet. so. It, most of my adult life, I rejected traditional Korean thing and more into the feminism and, you know, women's empowerment and really thought that was the way to be. And then around 2020, right, with all these things happening, I had realized, oh, my God, I voluntarily uh, disconnected myself from my ancestral roots and who I am. I had just like, you know, manifesting and vi- like there, there's so many like new way spiritual beliefs that I was following, but not necessarily seeking the wisdom of my, my ancestral way. Um, but when my shamanic guides, so I have, so as a Korean shaman, these are shamanic deities and gods and goddesses that start just connecting with you, whether you're ready or not. And they start telling you who they are what they're about, what they want you to do, how they want to work with you to do your work. So as my relationship with my guides deepened, I knew I had to study more. I knew I had to research more. Um, The privilege that I had compared to some of my peers was I'm fluent in Korean. Um, So all I had to do was just make up my mind to learn it. Um, So I started researching, reading books, And that's when, when I read this story, that's when I realized, wait a minute, you mean the, the, the indigenous ancestors, the Koreans were not this, because this, this was, these beliefs are before patriarchy. Mm -hmm. This was before Christianity. This is 10,000 years ago. So to learn that, wait, 
and you guys will read this in the book too, but in like you mean Korean ancestor, the the, the original Korean ancestor believed in one divinity, one source energy that created all and everybody's connected, everybody's interconnected and humans were supposed to live in connection with divine, the heaven and earth, the nature and and the self and other humans. It was just, it just, it was mind blowing to me. And then wait, the, the mythology is a goddess, mm. a woman, right? Female and a just sacred, sacred female, like goddess created the universe and humans. And that's what they believed in. So just to understand, wait a minute, like my ancestral wisdom was actually more aligned to what I believe in. I just didn't know. Because 10,000 years ago is that, but I was trying to, but I think a lot of uh, like Korean American, even Western people think that ancient Korean, because to us, to American people, 500 years is ancient. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these patriarchal values that we think this is Korean ancestral way, or this is Korean traditional way was from 500 years ago. And we thought that was our ancestor. But when you go like further back into the beginning, like their values and their belief is so in line with who I am as a person living in today's world. So that just, you know, that just blew, you don't know what you don't know. So once you are exposed to that wisdom or that information, you have tools to now unlock and heal and expand your own journey um so i don't know i'm, I'm just I, I get so excited about this because i can't wait for you eleanor for you to read about this goddess and how they lived and you know what kind of rituals did they do and you know the hardship they experienced it, it it's so cool so yeah so right now um i think i got the book uh I think when I read the book, it made such an impact on me and I had decided. And then it took about a year for me to work with that knowledge for my own self before I decided I wanted to translate and publish it. Mm -hmm. And from the moment that I decided I wanted to translate and publish it, it took another two years because COVID and life and um, just I had a lot of resistance around like, I don't know, maybe it was divine timing. So now the book is almost ready. Um, I believe now is the time. Maybe I wasn't ready to share it with the world three years from now because I still had a lot of transformation, a lot of life had to happen in the past three years. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, sorry, I tend to ramble on. <laughs> Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you so much. We're all intrigued. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're saying makes me, um, and perhaps why it wasn't ready, is like, once you learn that information, was there a level of um, like deeper acceptance of yourself that you, yeah, that you had to journey through? I think there is a rebellious part about me um, when I didn't know this before, that whenever I thought about, well, I am Korean, 
um, you know, I need to learn my ancestral way. I need to know my culture. I need to connect to my roots. I had this resistance within me saying, no, I'm different. No, um, you know, they, I'm not understood. You know, they don't know me. Like I'm, I'm the oddball. I don't, they don't see me because I'm too strong. I'm too alpha. You know, I'm too, um, I'm too witchy, magical or whatever. I'm too crazy. Uh, so there, so when I understood more, it really taught me to how to, um, how to, the, the wisdom of the divine so divine, the universe, God, source, whatever you want to call it, that ultimate source energy that everything came from, the earth we live on, the nature and the land we live on, and then human, myself, and other human, those three things being the most important thing is so simple. Like you can't reject that truth, you know, for me at least. So it so I didn't like, I think it kind of clear a lot of stories um, or fears or um, beliefs I had, because when it all came down to the core, yes, I believe in the divine. Um, yes, I believe in living on this earth. And then, yes, I believe that I'm a human interconnected with other humans. So those three things, it, it just kind of simplified things for me, I think. And it allowed me to really accept who I am. Um, it allowed me to also understand everybody's journey is different um so you know less comparison left less judgment a lot of this human mind mindset ego type of thing i was i think i learned to um observe it and recognize it better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how freeing <laughs> I'm super curious about your journey into alpha and, you know, when do you feel like you started seeing yourself in that light? Um, probably my twenties, I think, um, up until you graduate from school and go into the real world, being on alpha is kind of okay. Cause yeah, you get good grades. Yeah. You become a like you're the smart girl or or the opinionated girl in school but then once I became in the real world at least in America living a corporate life people started calling me on alpha see you're being on alpha you don't want to be on alpha alpha women like you know alpha women are terrible you're being an alpha you need to tone it down Um, you need to be a better team player you're not like, so a lot of these conditioning and things and me being described as an alpha, um, and that's a big no-no there, I was told. So in my 20s and 30s, in order for me to go up the corporate ladder and, be, you know, be successful, be recognized, um, I had to subscribe to the story that I, need, I needed to tone down this alpha or avoid other alpha women. It's almost like... Oh no, you know, because alpha women, oh, you can't have two alphas in the room. Like there's all these stories out there. Um, so that started in my 20s and 30s. Um, and as as I share in my book around, you know, it, like I felt like around my mid to late 30s, I did everything what I was told to do. And um, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I kind of look around myself and say, 
oh, I'm not, I'm not happy here. This, this, I, you know, this isn't where I want to be. Um, so once I had the courage to walk away from it and started uh, my own business and living and then started, so I started a fitness business and I started getting clients, right? It's fitness and life coaching uh, business. And I started getting clients and the only clients I kept getting were these alpha women. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then I realized, wait a minute, these women are amazing. These women are awesome. Um, we're all, yes, we have some stuff we need to work through, but all the stories about alpha women were false. Um, and there was a reason why I was only, because I didn't even, it's a hundred percent of the clients that were coming to me were these alpha women, whether they was referral or they felt connected to me. Um, and a lot of transformations were happening, some amazing uh, magical things were happening. And, and then it just became this community. Um, so I called it alpha female sisterhood. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, and I don't know, now people, I've been told now that, oh, you're not supposed to label yourself, you know, mm-hmm. don't call me alpha, don't call me a bitch, don't call me anything, you know. So I think there's a different way, but um, for my personal journey, um, really embracing the fact, well, yeah, I'm an alpha then. Mm. But the stories you guys say about alpha women is absolutely wrong. And this is what I, as an alpha woman, believe in. And this sisterhood, this community of women, this is how we are. And I want more women to know. Because I thought, shoot, now I'm 42. You know, I'm like, I wish I knew this when I was 26. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was 28, you know, 32. And I kept, you know, so I, that's why I said, okay, I need, yeah. So the book came out because my community was small. I was repeating myself to people, the same story, same examples. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just put it in a book Mm -hmm. so it could just be out there Mm -hmm. for other women like us who want to really anchor into, because alpha women is basically that divine feminine energy or a powerful feminine energy or women who are anchoring both masculine and feminine, and, they, and they're trying to integrate those energies. Um, so that's every woman in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did I answer your question, Saturn? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so. So you already answered one of the questions that came up for me, which was kind of like, how did the sisterhood, you know, um, like uh, happen? And it's, and it sounds like it just kind of appeared. It kind of just happened, um, very naturally organically. Um, and I think I'm just curious though, because you have this beautiful section about that's talking about how to get over the rivalry that, um, that so many of us, have had that has um, created resistance to that sisterhood. Um, yeah. So I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. Um, I think ri- women's rivalry exists. Uh, number one, because society, like you know, in the world, a lot of time the seat left for a woman leader is like there's only one seat at the table. Mm. So if you want to be sitting on the table, sometimes you have to compete, and it's like 
but they don't say this is a seat for a woman, but I, I noticed and I experienced from, and I hear from my clients where, yes, this is like, let's say there's like 10 C-suite, there's like 10 seats and it's open to all, all gender. However, it's like understood there's like one or two seats for women. So then all the women needs like the director level women have to fight to be on that. So, so the structurally um, women are thought to be competitive in professional world. And also in, I think personal life, I think we all had an experience, the frenemies or, you know, boyfriend stealers. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that is to me, that's some of these toxic uh, trade of feminine is the wounded part of us, um, insecure part of us, um, the part of us who are needing to heal or be seen or, um, so, so I just, so that's what I wanted to talk about that. I didn't want to say women's rivalry does not exist at all. Um, but how can we be the best version of our own selves. So we, so if we need to compete or we need to be like, we could show up fully. So we're not sabotaging myself or other women because there's unhealed part of us, or there's that jealousy or, you know, lack mindset that, you know, so, so those are the thing that, um, I can't, we can't be naive thinking that, you know, toxic feminine, energy doesn't exist but uh the responsibility lies with us to really heal and be the right person but also understanding some women but not everyone is going to be healing not everyone is going to get better so how do we practice boundary how do we like you know remove the toxic relationship and just really be in a position to thrive as a strong woman as an alpha woman so that's you know, I think that's what we're supposed to go for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not about like, mm-hmm. oh, if you're a woman, I'm on your side. It's it, it's it's more complex. Everything there, you know, it's like there is a self work work. I need we need to do with ourselves, the work we need to do with other women, and then and then there's a bigger thing. There's a societal change that we need to contribute. Um, so it's so that thing is that simple. But I think everything starts from our own self. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One thing I was going to say is also like within that, that space, you know, I feel, you know, like as an alpha, I'm curious, I'm going to start with this question, but I kind of want to add a little bit onto it. I'm curious as an alpha, what came up for you when you were around other alpha women and what kind of challenges were you experiencing? How did you face those challenges and do the work with yourself to feel like you could maintain that alpha place without, um, you know, I think what comes up for so many of us is we question ourselves or we tell ourselves these stories about what the other women are thinking about us. You know, there's so much that goes into that. And so, yeah, what was it like for you to be an alpha when you first started this work in this community within this this space of alpha women. And also I think in this work that we're, that so many of us are doing a big part of that, like you said, is making a big change in society, but also like making more seats at the table for women. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just as important for any men that might be listening to this conversation to keep listening because 
this is how we make more seats at the table is men understanding this dynamic in this world. And, um, you know, I always try to encourage men to read these books and <laughs> listen to these conversations because it's really one of the ways I find is really powerful to get this information across to anyone and everyone. I could share. I mean, thank you for that. I mean, thank you. I, I don't think I could speak for most alpha women, but I could share with you some of the struggles I've had. Yeah. Um, so being an alpha and being a leader of a sisterhood or community that's really positive and energy, sometimes I will find myself that when um, when my friends are like doing something that's brave and really um, it's just amazing, of course, I know to support it, right? I'm there to support it, but, there, but then I'll be not present with the moment of her shining because I'll be thinking about how come I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow, look at her. She's doing so amazing. But then instead of being fully present in her shining and celebrating it, and of course, I was, I was celebrating it. I was in the front seat. But there was a part of me that was, I was, I was not being present in the moment for her or in that moment, but like there's part of me that was thinking, oh, I'm not doing that. Or something like, oh, if I were there, I would do it differently. Or how, like my mind will just go to a place of uh, competitiveness or comparison. Um, so recognizing that and bring myself back to the moment and bring myself back to the moment um, that was a good exercise for me. So big step was recognizing it. The, sec- the second, the harder one was not letting it go, but bring it, like be here, bring it back. Um, sometimes when I'm really safe with some of the core friends, we'll talk about that. Talk about the sense of unworthiness or comparison. And so we were level one. I had graduated the level one where I could be excited and supportive of other women. But in that presence of them shining and they are showing up, I the level two was understanding that shadow within me um, mm-hmm. and working through that. Um, and there's no magic other than just recognizing it, you know, and then processing it and trying to be present and then being kind to myself, being kind to myself that of course I feel this comparison. It's not because I'm a bad person, but just allowing myself. And then where's this fear coming from? Where's this unworthiness coming from? Where's this competitiveness coming from? Um, so So that was part of my journey of understanding when other alpha women are shining like what are some of my shadow that rises up and mm-hmm. then how can I still release it? How can I, how can I work on that shadow, but also like try to practice being present for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that visual of just kind of like seeing someone shine. It does cast a shadow and I've never really thought of it in that way. Um, how, you know, just that, that visual is so helpful in, in catching ourselves there. Yeah. And it's not always like, oh, she's doing it. I'm not, it was more like, oh, like, you know, I'll be like, not criticizing it, but like, oh, would I do it that way? Or, oh, what would I be? Like, I'm not, I'm not there. 
yeah. you know, I'm not fully present because I'm already self, I'm already thinking about my alpha uh, shine, shining, like why, how, why am I not shining? How can I shine? If I were to shine, how would I be differently? But whatever that is, I'm, I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so big thing was recognizing and like the, the exercise of being there, yeah, um, being there. And then just with the feelings and all. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It brings me back to what you were speaking about earlier, which is that lack mindset. And I think so much of that kind of self, that shame or that talk that we do with ourselves, that we're not enough, that lack of self-worth comes from this place of lack or scarcity. And they're not being, you know, I'm thinking of some situations in my life where maybe somebody's doing something similar to me or I'm doing something similar to somebody else. And it's like the claws come out. It's like, there's not enough room here for all of us to be doing this. And that comes from this place of lack that you're speaking to and trying to, um, I don't know, well, there's, you know, the opposite of that, which is abundance and this mindset that there's enough for everyone and everyone has medicine, and uh, you know, your medicine and my medicine are needed by different people and maybe even the same people, but there's not a lack of need for any given, you know, alpha and we all need to offer what we have. And it's just this, like, it's a constant practice. And I guess, you know, I'm kind of curious to hear if that's happened to you, which I'm sure, you know, like you've been in a lot of different experiences in your life. I'm sure you've experienced this where you and somebody else, maybe even someone you were close to, were, were embarking on similar um, voyages and maybe offerings and, you know, the tension rises and maybe there's conversations that had to be had or, you know, how is that? Have you had that experience and how did you move through that? I want to share about a little, uh, it's kind of a different side of that is sometimes so many magical, powerful women don't do what they want to do because they think there's already other people doing it. Yeah. They think other people already done. It's been done so many times. Oh, she's already written a book that's so much better than the book I could write. Or, you know, like I'm not stepping up because somebody else is doing it. Like it's been done. And I'm so not only the claws come out to bring us down, but so many more women don't even try. Mm-hmm. And that's to me, that's even worse. Yes. So sometimes I tell people like, oh, I don't know. So I've had clients like, let's just generally she said she'll say like oh I don't know if I can't like and I'll be like how many clients do you think you need to have your full book of whatever and like so because you don't want to work 12 hours a day so let's do the math let's just get logical and then she'll say well yeah like let's say four clients four days a week so that's 16 clients and I said, so you're full, like your capacity is 16 clients. There are billions, there are billion women out there. Mm-hmm. So you don't want Saturn to have 16 client book because you, you don't think she, Saturn can hold 16, Jesse can hold 16, you can hold 16. There are millions and billion women who need your help. Not mm-hmm. just women, but like clients, mm-hmm. right? So, so just kind of bring it down to like, I'm not asking you to be Oprah. 
<laughs> I'm not asking you to be this ultimate thing, but like, what do you want to do? What kind of difference you want to make? And maybe it's not as big deal, but it just we start comparing, right? Because with the social media and and everything, there's so much information. There's so many um, ways that we could compare ourselves, distract ourselves, and say, you know why do I bother? Or it's, 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 you know, there's not enough to go around, but, um, I really feel like we're, you know, we're just one person. Um, you know, that book you're, you go to, go to Barnes and Noble. They're like so many books. (laughs) Some are so terrible. Some are so good. Just write your book and put it up there. Um, I'm not saying that book needs to be, you know, New York Times bestseller, maybe it will, but like, just write that book. Mm-hmm. It's not that. So I think this, like, um, we we think it's so much bigger. The, the the resistance we feel is so much more, so much bigger and so much more unique. But we all feel the resistance. Um, the lack mindset is everywhere. Everybody has it. So, like, how are we using that to actually hold ourselves back? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yes, let's say we feel courageous enough and then claws come out. Um, it does happen to me too. Um, thankfully, it hasn't really happened to me that much, but I'm really good at like just shedding people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the 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 beauty, and you guys I'm sure feel the same way. The beauty of being intuitive is you feel the vibe you know. Mm-hmm. sense the vibe but then sometimes you feel like oh but i'm a healer they need help and even though you know the vibe is like abort 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 <laughs> you're like no that person is i'm really good about like mm. kind of shedding um uh just 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 not 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 feeding not feeding that energy um and then i think so the boundary boundary work is important you know um i don't retaliate right if, if somebody talks shit about me whatever i'm like whatever mm-hmm. you know i guess whatever i don't retaliate i don't get wounded um i just i just shed mm-hmm. like just denied mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just, because there's so many there's so many people out there um yeah, and what i'm hearing is that you trust you trust your intuition. Yes. You trust that you're in the right place. You trust that you're making the right decisions. It's so much. Yeah. Fun. And if I get burned, I trust that I needed to experience that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then I just surrender. Wow. That was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, that was terrible experience, but you know, my, my higher self, God, my guides somehow i needed to i just needed to be there jesse here i am one of the co-owners at whetstone wellness and cafe with my sisters katie and Lindsay. we are home to 11 women-owned small businesses where we cultivate self-care through community our experienced practitioners offer massage energy work acupuncture facials and waxing private pilates and more Rejuvenate yourself at the Wellness Center, then pop in the cafe for a medicinal latte, smoothie, or sweet and savory bowl. Starting this month, we'll be offering Tuesday ramen nights. Grab your ramen bowl made with house-made bone or veggie broth and your four-pack of cold-pressed juices for the week. 
We source local meat and produce, offer online ordering, and are currently open Wednesday through Saturday, 10 to 2. We are located at 1037 South Craftsbury Road, home to Blackbird Bistro, Vitality Homebirth, and the Sweets and Glamping at the Craftsbury Farmhouse. You can find us at www.whetstonewellness.com. So right now I'm going through my family emergency of these things. Um, I was actually supposed to, um, I'm supposed to be leading a retreat in Morocco. Um, that was supposed to happen in 2020 that's been delayed so it's been long time coming and it's finally it's going to happen tickets booked everything was paid for all these alpha women are excited to go and this happened and I ended up canceling well they're going without me uh, but I'm canceling in and it's so easy to when things don't go the way when we're vibing high and things are going the way it's so easy to trust Mm. But when things don't go the way it's so hard to trust because you're still thinking what did I do wrong or like how am I being like did I do something wrong to do this um but it you gotta trust no matter what you know like this I'm supposed to be here I'm supposed to be going through this I'm supposed to be in this with all my tools in my toolbox as a shaman and a and a and a alpha and and a just a person, a human being, to be here, and this amazing sisterhood, like amazing thing, it was meant to be happening without me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I think it's not easy to always trust, but I'm now in the process of. I think I'm getting just a little better now to trust when things are not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm when we're lot. manifesting well things are going well it's good to trust mm-hmm. and I think that it's like so many of us kind of question just constantly and I'm actually losing my train of thought but it was like trusting you know that's such a beautiful acknowledgement trusting that this was meant to happen without you there and that these women will receive the medicine that they're meant to receive in this moment without you there is such this beautiful, you know, um, release or like uh, surrender to exactly what's happening in this moment. And I think, you know, I just want to get deeper and deeper and deeper into it because I think this is the, this is the medicine of our time is this like, it's so simple and we are so caught up in the monkey mind And our minds tell us so much about why we can't trust and why we can't surrender and why we can't be a part of a sisterhood. And I guess I'm curious if you have any advice for any of our listeners about how to soften into that trust. I don't know. Yeah. I want to share with you this prayer that I, so I guess, you know, people do om and om has a meaning. People have mantra. So I have my own prayer. Um, and that is, num- so there are three phrases that I just repeat. Um, so there, I do different type of prayer, but this is like something that everybody could do. Um, and it's not practical, like Saturn, you're asking, but one is trust and surrender because you can't just trust. You can't just surrender. You have so trust and surrender. So when I say trust and surrender, what I'm asking 
in that prayer is, may I continue to trust and surrender because this is so hard. So let me trans- trust the trust and surrender is first mantra, trust and surrender. Number two, second mantra is awe and gratitude. Mm-hmm. I'm in so much awe of these magical things that's already around me that has happened for me. So I'm in awe of it and I'm so thankful. So awe and gratitude that vibration, that energy. So I feel like when I say it, I'm holding the vibration. So I say trust and surrender, awe and gratitude. The third mantra is guidance and support because I say, look, I trust and surrender. I'm so thankful. I need all of you and all the magic around me, but I need help. Like I need, I need, I need help doing this better. So I want guidance and I want you to support me. Like I have hard stuff going on. Please help me. Please guide me. So I say guidance and support. So instead of having like having this phrase, I just repeat these phrases again and again in prayer. So I go into a meditative state. I have an altar, you know, like the candle incest. And then sometimes there is a specific prayer or connection I want to do but when I'm at a loss and I just need to be um, so this is a beginner level I guess I just repeat trust and surrender all in gratitude guidance and support but I want to but as I say it I want to be in that vibration Mm -hmm. I just keep repeating and repeating and you know maybe that's 10 minutes maybe it's 30 minutes I guess that's what um, yogis do and other people they say the mantra whatever you know um om om means something Um, so that's what I do um how do I trust and surrender I mean you know kicking and screaming right (laughs) women our minds are very active and the key the the thing about alpha women or strong women is we can make things happen we can actually get involved if we could just take a control. We're used to, if there's a problem, we get called to solve it. If there's an issue, we get called to maneuver. If we're intuitive and you know loving, we, we get called in. So there is an innate part of us that feel like we are supposed to participate. Mm. We're supposed to participate in this. And I think we do. I think we do need to participate, but like knowing how much to participate and how much, because what's been happening in my earlier time, it, the, the challenges with surrender will be I'll trust and then clarity will come and then I'll be like, thank you. And I'll ru- I'll just grab it and run with it. Um, and sometimes the problem will be solved or things will manifest, but then I'll be like, God, the clarity felt like it was going to be so much more magical, but I guess it's resolved, but it wasn't because I knew that was out of alignment. So then I realized, oh, I'm not supposed, when that clarity comes or when the understanding comes, I'm not supposed to just grab it and run with it. Mm. I'm supposed to receive and sit with it, Mm. you know? And, and like, just, just wait a little longer. (laughs) Like, wait just a little, but I'm like, but the clarity, like, who's going to run with it? So, and sometimes I have to run with it, but so I've learned to sit with that clarity, sit with that download or sit with that understanding. Ooh, I think I'm supposed to do this for my business. Ooh, I think I'm supposed, uh, but like just, just sitting on it just a little longer, the having that patience has helped me mm-hmm. because it was meant to be something that I'm run with it. It'll keep coming clearer. 
it'll keep coming better because if I set with it something, someone will come with all the solution. And I'll be like, oh my God, if I had grabbed it and ran with it two weeks ago, this wouldn't have manifested. So mm-hmm. learning to just sit with it, but you're going to have so much anxiety because, mm-hmm. oh my God, oh my God, my, oh my God, somebody else is going to do it, right? Or, oh my God, I'm going to lose it. Or the clarity, come, I'm supposed to do something now. What if I don't? But but just with all that, mm-hmm. just being able to surrender and kind of, lean just just being a little longer in this discomfort mm-hmm. this this un this this feeling oh my god i just rather do something or know something but just learning to be in this place a little longer mm-hmm. i think that's the practice in trust and surrender mm-hmm. that won't that won't exhaust us as alpha women <laughs> you know, yeah, right, right, exactly. And, and what it makes me think of is, is, is flow, is allowing mm-hmm. that that flow to happen. It kind of like allowing yourself to kind of drift with the way the water is going, um, as opposed to feeling like you have to because of that, like feeling like you have to do, like, oh, I'm going to start swimming, but maybe you're actually swimming upstream and you're swimming against the force. And if you can just let go and surrender. Or maybe you're supposed to just sit in that water and then ocean is supposed to come in and create this beautiful pool and you could just be like, hey, you know, but Mm. like, that's the thing. But because we don't know that we can only imagine what we have experienced, like the capacity of us imagining, um, I think that holds us back. So sometimes, Mm. right, we can only imagine to a level that we can, we're able to imagine. Um, but then sometimes so much bigger thing can happen. Um, so that practice is, I think, exercise and trust and surrender. If we last 10 minutes, yay. If we last a week, great. If we last three months, six months and learn to trust and just kind of be, oh, wait. So it's not about, oh, I'm going to trust and surrender. Oh, something happened. Okay. Now I'm not going to trust and surrender. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm supposed to, this, this is a continuous thing and, um, and experiencing that, oh my God, you don't even have to swim upstream or tread the water. You're just supposed to sit there and enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. And then like all the waters come in and you're in this beautiful pool and all your best friends come in and you're like having this amazing party. And you're like, I didn't know this could be possible. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. yes. But sometimes it doesn't happen there. You're sitting in that water all by yourself getting Mm -hmm. anxious Mm -hmm. sometimes you do and sometimes you don't like I don't think there's one way or another but just like I think the practice can we lack can I last just a little longer Mm -hmm. Um, and this is for alpha women I think for women who are not who tend to not do anything that is a good advice because you know, they don't want to do anything anyway, so sit with it. But I'm talking about people like us who feel like, oh, I think I'm supposed to now with this awakening, with this clarity, with this vision, this, this connection and alignment, we feel it, we know it, we're supposed to do something. But as we do, can we, can we be more patient? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that, that makes me think of bringing that balance of the masculine and feminine back in, in, into play. We're at, um, taking that masculine doing and doing and doing and bringing back that balance of the trust and surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you were um, talking about, about the, the pleasure of um, flow and um, made me think of, you know, how, how hard this work can be to be in um, sisterhood and how we face so many demons and struggles in, um, in doing so and what we're seeking, like what have been the pleasures of um, being in sisterhood and what has that given you and why is it so worth it? to put in all of that work and Mm -hmm. vulnerability and, you know, um, all the, all the feelings and emotions that come up being in sisterhood and why is it worth all of that work to get? I don't, um, sisterhood, if you're not comfortable and you're not at peace and joy and pleasure in your sisterhood, I don't think you're in the right sisterhood. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't under I don't connect with the fact that, oh, you're doing all this work to be in sisterhood. Was it worth it? I never had to work that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to be with people that I felt good with. I wanted to work with people I trusted. Um So I only went to light, you know what I mean? And if it felt like struggle, I said, I just moved away. Um, Because this mindset, then what's, you know, um, whatever that's worthwhile comes at a struggle is a myth, right? That's a story. You know, nothing good comes easy. That that's a story. So for me, I think being, if being in the sisterhood feels like a lot of work and hardship and difficulty, that's a sign that something is misaligned for you. Mm-hmm. Either you're in a wrong sisterhood or you need to identify where that discomfort is coming. Um, and, you know, sisterhood can change. I'll give you an example. I used to have be more active in Facebook, which I don't even go anymore. So a lot of my sisterhood, um, I had a bigger sisterhood. So if you were looking at CEO Choi and as a brand or a thing having like, I used to have a lot, like I had a Facebook group of thousands of people. So I could say, Oh, I have a sisterhood with this many members. Um, and it was wonderful. Like, but in eventually, um, I guess it's me expanding as who I am is showing up for that group felt tedious to me. I felt like, and whatever I share, I receive a lot of, you know, you know, um, gratitude and love. Um, all my clients came from that pool. So I, I was rewarded so generously for nurturing that sisterhood. But eventually I just felt like, you know, what am I doing with this group? So I just shut the group down. Mm. Um, and those thousands of people that I was connecting with daily in, in the social media platform, but also pull for my clients. Um, but you know, so my sister has, so to speak, got smaller in the number, but 
nothing changed for me. Like people who are really core my sisterhood, they were still, you know, we were the sisterhood is still there, but I had to let go of this um a structure um that it was wonderful for a while, but then it wasn't wonderful. You know, you know, it's almost like it wasn't great for me anymore. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fun. For, so for me, good indicator. How do you, do you guys know? You guys need to know when you are out of alignment, how does it feel for you? Mm-hmm. For me, fun. If it's not fun for me, something is off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if it feels like, ugh, it's like it feels like work, it's something is off. If it, it feels like a chore, if it feels tedious, it's a work. So whenever... I'm supposed to do something. And if it feel like that, that's when I know, okay, I'm supposed to sit down with this. I'm supposed to dig deeper with this, pray about this, ask my guides, you know, tune in, do some journaling, talk to some friends, um, because there's some misalignment I need to get aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's my advice. Um, I get, yeah, but, um, so what that brings up for me is, um, so how do you know when it's, um, when it's internal though, like, you know, perhaps it's like, there's trust, um, you've been wounded before in relationship with women and it's your work to be able to not be in that insecure place because when you are in that insecure place, your relationships are insecure. So to be able to work towards that within your, like, so I guess, yeah, the question is, um, and I'm answering it as I'm speaking, but, um, the, it's what you just said is like sitting with it and asking for help and figuring out what's yours and what's not yours. So if it is hard for you to be able to trust um, and work towards deeper connection with sisters um, and it is your work to be doing, um, but it feels uncomfortable to be doing it. Um, Yeah. I don't know. So I just pulled this card lead with joy. Um, So if it feels joyful, then it's a yes, but if it doesn't, so here's another thing. We're not all meant to be in sisterhood, you know? So maybe some of us were meant to be the loner. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, oh, why can't I really feel vibing in a sisterhood? I should be in the sisterhood. I'm a feminist. I work with, but maybe we were meant to be that kind of weird, solo, creative, like mm-hmm. magical person, the crone, you know, or someone that who can interact with women, but maybe they were meant to do so. So if you're that, so be it, right? Because yes, yeah, Saturn loves being a sister. Her great for her, but I don't. That's okay, right? So that's also. So it's almost like, how do you get to know yourself? You need to get to know yourself, and it's not about like my past wounds. Like, what is my soul feel like? What is it when I'm vibing most magically? What does my soul feel when I'm like? really like in alignment with my soul and God and universe and magic. How does it feel? Remember that magic. And then how do I live my daily life to bring in moments of that? So for me, it was joy. This feeling of freeing, running through a wildflower field. And so for me, it's fun, pleasure, and joy. So I anchored to that. 
And, you know, honestly, I think about this because it's trust and surrender. What if one day being a shaman doesn't feel good anymore? Mm-hmm. What if one day being a writer or publisher doesn't feel good anymore? So be it because I'm chasing joy. So whatever I do, I'll be happy, right? Sure, some people might get pissed off, but they're they're not me. (laughs) So like kind of being more that like, hey, trying to be in a sisterhood and just being giving. I feel like they're always trying to get stuff away from me. They always feel like they want more out of me than I give them. I just I'm so I'm introverted. I want to be secure with my energy then I think you need to honor that part about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You first, right? You got to be in sisterhood with your own self first. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, this, I'm my baby. I'm my favorite person. I'm the most important thing. And that feels guilty sometimes as a healer and as a, you know, feminist and sisterhood. But but that's what I've also learned Um like through some of my recent transformation like so that's another mantra I use is I'm my baby I'm my favorite person Mm. I'm my baby I'm you know I'm my favorite person I am my favorite person Mm. Uh, that's hard to say sometimes because I felt like I'm one of the top 10 (laughs) but am I the favorite but I'm supposed to be my favorite if I'm if I'm not my favorite then like I think there's something wrong right yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah so I think I think learning what what that feels like for you because so sometimes it might be joy sometimes it might be peace Mm -hmm. sometimes it might be but it's gonna be positive feeling it's gonna Mm -hmm. feel good if it doesn't feel good for you then like that's a that's a misalignment Mm -hmm. how do you work through it so many tools people healers books, resources out there, but you need to have that courage to recognize, okay, this doesn't feel good. I'm going to change that so I could feel good. Mm, yeah. It sounds simple, but it's not that simple. No, especially yeah. when we live so much in our brains and you want to rationalize your decisions. <laughs> and like it's yeah it's like no it's a feeling mm-hmm. um, yeah so that's head yeah. right being in the head but you gotta come down to your body mm-hmm. you know so you gotta feel it in your body yeah, yeah. sometimes this mind and body thing the head and heart thing is you know it changed yeah it's hard yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and I feel like one of the biggest gifts in all of what you said today for me is just this like opening and receptivity and surrender to not knowing and this unknown and it's just being okay with you know with this information that we think we know what we need to do in any given situation that information is actually limiting our potential Mm-hmm. And this, this feeling, this surrender to the unknown and that what you spoke to earlier, that we can only imagine what we can imagine. You know, we can only believe what we believe until we know more. We don't know what we don't know until we know. And it's this place of surrendering to the unknown, surrendering to that like infinite potential and that I think is the easiest place to feel from. 
And when we think we know so much, it's also like keeps us in our head. And so it is, it's this like beautiful, your mantras are so amazing. And I'm so Mm -hmm. grateful that you shared those with us. I'm Mm going to carry them with me, especially the one that says, I am my favorite person. (laughs) I really appreciate that. I appreciate everything that you've shared with us today. Um, Yeah. Um, And uh, speaking to that, that joy leading, leading with joy. And what it brings me to is, is something that I read in, in, in your book and it's been, it's been mulling around in my mind um, for a, a number of days now, which is, am I building my resume or am I writing my eulogy? Mm. Um, and like, what would I actually, how would I live my life if I wanted, if I was writing my eulogy? Like, and, mm. and so, you know, checking in and saying, is this bringing me joy? Um, because when I look back, I want my life to be full of joy. Yeah, I've been to some funerals, you know, in my life, right? And sometimes a eulogy or even um, like, a, I guess the obituary says like so-and-so and it's like a resume. Mm. Um, so-and-so started the career here and, you know, they say, well, he was a really great team player. Everybody was good, but it's like a resume. And then I thought, so the exercise of writing your eulogy is like beautiful. And that's when I realized, you know what, like, when I'm dead, I want people to talk about, oh my God, one time CEO and I went to here and this happened and oh my God, like this is, this was such a great memory or, you know, one time CEO did help me through this and then we laughed and we cried and, you know, we watched this movie together. Those are the things I wanted in my eulogy, not like, you know, CEO published this book and, you know, being a lead, you know, being a president of this organization or, you know, like, so then that's when I realized, okay, how can, what, but then you can completely switch your life. So it's almost, I think the, so here, you know, I'm in this place because my family emergency and stuff, like anything can happen to us tomorrow. And this podcast recording may be the only thing that's left of some of this like light bulbs that I've been having in my spiritual stuff. So I'll share one more thing that I, one, one of our, so I have these five things, but one wisdom that I also got is balance is harmony. Balance is harmony. Because I used to think having a balance was more binary thing, like a scale, like equal to equal scale evening, like masculine and feminine, work and life, body and spirit, you know, um, you know, like this pleasure, business pleasure or um, but what the balance is, is finding harmony in this chaotic, many, many moving variables and changes. So it's never like, okay, equal this and you're in balance. It's more of, it's whole mess of these things that are just moving and changing, but you're supposed to find a harmonized place somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything right you know um yeah i want to live a rest you don't want to just live eulogy like you're gonna have to make living and do well in your work too you know you want to be like i'm my favorite person but you might have family and loved one they need your care right you know you might be you might be amazing spiritually and doing all this amazing work but then you might be broke you needed to make money it's like all these things uh, and finding a balance is just 
being surrendering to this chaos and all the variable, but also learning to find that centered place, um, that 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 peaceful place. And that center place is, you know, you kind of are reaching it because it feels good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it feels peaceful. Mm-hmm. It feels okay. It doesn't feel terrible, mm-hmm. you know? So it might be all chaotic and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so anxious. I'm so stressed. However, I'm feeling like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm scared. A lot of bad things are happening. The world's falling apart. You know, I'm surrounded by bitches. Like they're just stabbing my back. It's everything. You know, I'm worried, but but somehow can I find some some type of harmon harmony of this chaos mm-hmm. and be be okay for that having that moment of okay. Um, so seeking that and seeking it, meaning like what does yours look like and feel like? Um, and perhaps you know it looks different for every one of us, but that was big aha moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. being productive or this I, I was always thinking in binary um but realizing oh wait no <laughs> life is so much more complex um so i just need to be it's like a all the chaos like how can i be there's like a floating peaceful float can i and i might, I might not be there for 24 hours a day but can i find moments there and can i anchor to that can i anchor to that moment so then I could just kind of, you know, move with it, flow with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. Yeah. yeah. So much. Mm. So much wisdom today. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for letting me just spill it and talk about it. I could do this all day. So thank you so much for just being present and, you know, sharing with me mm-hmm. oh my goodness thank you so much for for being here yeah. um and we're very excited for the things that are to come um i'm i know i'm very excited about your book coming out mm-hmm. um and as soon as i can i'm gonna get get my hands on that and mm-hmm. yeah yeah where can our listeners find you and reach you um right now i'm most active on instagram um, the work I do and information is on my website, but Instagram is really where, you know, I just put, I'm visible. Um, and what is your Instagram? C-O Choi full name is S-E-O-C-H-O-I dot shaman. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could just, um, Tell us a little, tell our listeners a little bit more about what it is that you offer. Um, I'm pausing because um, I do offer shamanic wisdom session. I call it shamanic wisdom session. When I work with a client, it's one-on-one session. I show up, we have a brief conversation of why we are here. And then, and then I just, Go, I said, okay, well, don't tell me too much. Uh, I'm going to go ask my guides and any ancestors and guides that's present to you. I'm going to get go receive some information. So I go on a brief journey and I collect all this information and I come back and I just share them with you. And mm-hmm. sometimes what I bring 
guide our next conversation. Um, sometimes it ends up being a healing. Sometimes it becomes a brainstorming. Sometimes it becomes, like, how do I do this, you know? Like, teach me your ways. <laughs> and it becomes this, like, let me teach you everything. Uh, that This is what I do. Because it's, again, you don't know what you don't know. So if you learn my way, you can copy it if you want. But once you know my ways, you'll you'll discover your ways mm-hmm. but if you don't know it's so overwhelming so i love the name of your podcast teach me your ways so it ends up so my session sometimes sorry i ramble it becomes uh, teach me i teach my way um uh, in hopes that you will find your way um that's shamanic wisdom sessions um Right now, my book is open because I'm. I know it's a lunar New Year, so it's a good time to provide that kind of service. Um, but I, I've been guided again. The chasing joy and the feeling of um, I'm my favorite person. After this um, section is booked, I'll probably close it. So my my shamanic wisdom session is uh, available periodically. Based on my flow, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but that's where I am right now. Yeah. Um, so that's what I offer. But um, I'm always available on Instagram, um, and the books, um, books are available. Um, card, the Morning Come Oracle cards, is one of the most powerful tools that I use. And I think I encourage you don't have to use this deck, but some type of a divination tools. So. Um, that's available. So some of the tools, books, and decks are available. Um, I also have online course library of some of the trainings I've done, some of the um, like webinars and um, courses I've done is in the library. So all those links are available once you start following me on the Instagram. You know, link in bio, it's all there. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. The best thing about witnessing an alpha in her light is um, it brings inspiration and permission. And um, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yay to all the alpha women. I'd love to know what kind of rituals you use throughout your kind of days and weeks and months. Um, I have daily, daily is daily, uh, my ritual is daily prayer. I call it, I'm going to pray. Uh, what that looks like is I light the candle and incense. It's a form of invocation. I ring my uh, little shamanic bell. So it's a, it's a, you got to open it up. So it's an invocation and open it up. Um, and I use my Oracle card. So I open myself up. I say, I'm basically, hey guys, I'm here. Grandmother, grandfather. I call them grandmother, grandfather. Harmony, harabuji, right? Mm-hmm. Grandma, grandpa, I'm here. Um, and then and then I pull one card, call to prayer, right? So that comes mm-hmm. up. And then I say, why did I get this card? And then I meditate and kind of sit with it. Um, and then I journal about it. That's my daily practice. Um, so sometimes clarity comes sometimes there's a specific guidance sometimes nothing happens so i do the trust and surrender awe and gratitude um but so that's daily 
Um, occasionally, I do channeled writing or journey practice because of the work I do. So that is occasionally I find solitude and do some channel, whatever, just kind of going to that, you know, journey state. And when you go into journey state, for some of the people who are gifted with this gift, you receive a lot of information. So you down, like, you know, you do the writing. Um, so th- th- I do that occasionally. Um, you know, I love to do it weekly, but I haven't been able to do it weekly. Uh, but I would love to get to a place to do it weekly. But, you know, I do occasionally. On special days, because I'm a Korean-American shaman, there's a special days like, the, you know, harvest full moon, um, uh, you know, solstice, um, you know, lunar new year. Like some of those ancestral shamanic or Korean ancestral special days where the energies are meant to be amplified and powerful i do bigger retreat which is like food offering um mm-hmm. and kind of doing like i my culture we believe in like my guides are spirits and energies but some of my ancestor guys used to be human before right so they so they they are able to help me with a human like life stuff so i want we like to feed them Mm-hmm. or like serve them uh, we want to give them some offerings so those are special days like you know like thanksgiving you know like harvest full moon uh summer solstice you know new year's it's a big festive time so i do more of a bigger special ancestral ritual and then if i'm launching something on a kickstarter my book's supposed to go on you know go on to the market um, anything new and big thing that I need to really need to do some blessing, then I'll do a special ritual for that. Um, mm-hmm. That is for me, it's, it's putting good offering um, and it's different per that occasion, but just some, so there's always offering component um, and then prayer blessing type of a thing. So that's my ritual. Um, my most, uh, committed like most i think what my most important one is a daily one mm-hmm. and i don't get to do daily sometimes i miss but i always come back to it mm-hmm. um, thank you for sharing that yeah. sure. and your daily is is what my daily looks like with your cards <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that i mean that's what i do i used to do it i just came to that eleanor like i tried it i you know you're on a journey but that's what that's what came down to and that's i feel like that's the most powerful um and clear for me so i support your daily ritual wholeheartedly it doesn't have to be this deck though it could be any deck the reason i like the card type like tarot or oracle card using with your prayer is sometimes we're not we're not well versed in interpreting this downloads mm-hmm. sometimes it's really clear sometimes it's not sometimes we don't even know what if it's anything we don't even know anything is happening so i think using a oracle card tarot card um it gives us a words or understanding of what that energy might be and allow us to go deeper because if we don't without it we're kind of up to our own like it's up to us and sometimes in our spiritual journey we're not 
be equipped or we might not be like as um as good or skilled in interpreting it mm-hmm. um so i really believe the using tools like this help us um you know yeah. help us kind of process that energy and more you practice you get better mm-hmm. um and then you maybe perhaps eventually you can really interpret it on your own um but it's always good to have like a tool to help you, I think. Absolutely. Do you help people connect to their ancestors? I do. Um, so it's the form is really I teach you my ways. Um, mm-hmm. So the, if I were helping you, I'll teach you my ways and then we'll practice in your way. Mm-hmm. And then I'll help you modify it to your way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it happens spontaneously, right? Because I say, well, this is what I do. Let, let's do it in my way first. So we practice. Yeah. And then do you want to do it your way now? And some people are ready to do because ancestors are ready. They, they're, they're ready. They're coming down. So they're just like, oh, thank you. They just push right. Like you open the door, they push right in. Sometimes it happens instantly. Um, sometimes... You know, sometimes if it if sometimes a person kind of struggles, then you know you have a homework. Okay, this is how I do it. I taught you my way. You figure out your way, um, yeah. and then we decide. Like I give you some homeworks. You know, these are the things you might want to do, and then, and then usually you if you do the work, right? Because it, this is not us. They're there. Um, yeah. And I guess and, the last question is: Do you have like a specific teacher that you study with? or have studied with? I have several teachers I work with, um, but right now um, my guides are my teachers. So I'm at this place of really trusting my guides are really being specific and teaching me the ways right now. So um, because the daily journals, um, I have three years worth of um, things and my guides recently told me, okay, go through all that four years worth of journal pages of download and pull out. So I came to five and pull out, and they say it's good. They say it's good. it's like ten commandments, but it's not commandments. But like you're, there's gonna be some rules or truth. Um, so I did that exercise recently, and I came down to five like. Mm-hmm promises five i'm gonna so today i was actually praying um sometimes i dedicate my daily prayer for 100 day period today was 99 days 99th day for this goddess mako and today my journal told me that um and usually when the 100th day ends i get instructed on what I'm supposed to do next. So this, so while doing this hundred day was wrapping up, I was told, okay, after this wraps up, go through all those journal and pull out those things. And then for next hundred days, you are supposed to really embody and integrate, like how can you live your daily life with these five wisdom? Mm. And I'm supposed to write about it. So next hundred days is about, living in those five principles or five truths and then write like kind of learning and writing about it and then but then today's prayer I actually will show you um it's right here um I think I'm supposed to write a book I think it's supposed to call like five promises and 
I think it's just like Appa book. Mm-hmm. Like there are these five, um, there's like five main buckets, but each bucket has all these things. And I think I'm supposed to capture it. And I don't know if it's how long, right? We don't know, but we're not supposed to run with it. All I know is I'm supposed to um, do next hundred days journal, but they show me a glimpse that eventually that might be another book. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, like how to live this five promises to myself or maybe five promises. I don't know what that promise, but it's not commandment. It's not rules. It's not principles, you know? So then I felt like it's like the four agreements, but I don't want to be a copycat. So it's like my promises, but <laughs> these five truths. Um, so I'm really excited to, mm-hmm. A, I know my life will shift by living dedicated, like dedicated to these wisdom. I know my, my, I will shift. So I'm very excited for that transformation, but also like this little glimpse of, oh wait, maybe this is my next book. Thank you for listening to the Teach Me Your Ways podcast with Eleanor, Jesse, and Saturn. This is a labor of love. Wow, what a privilege it is to have you all here on this journey with us listening and taking your time to join us on this journey we are on. Um, We get to hear fabulous stories from amazing people and your participation, your um, commitment to being here and taking the time out of your day to listen means the world to us. Mm, Yeah. And we would so appreciate if you would take the time to rate us, to give us some stars on Spotify or leave a comment or follow and subscribe to share this podcast with loved ones because we all know with every single time this podcast is shared, it reaches a few more people and that means the world to us. And we just want to thank you again for your time, for your feedback, for your inspiration and for sitting in circle with us. This podcast is a living practice, and we are so grateful to have you on this ride with us. Many blessings. Ooh.